Kirby's Adventure is one of the most pivotal games in the series, and we review it today in this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Welcome to Cheerful Ghost Radio. My name is Tim, and for this episode, I'm joined by... Travis. And John. And in this episode, we're going to review Kirby's Adventure for Ness. But before we get to that, let's talk about what we've been playing and what we've been watching. John, how about you start us off here? Great. I'm going to start off by talking about what I've been playing firstly. Um, And if you view the site with any regularity, you know that we launched the Cheerful Ghost Games BBS 1.0 a little while ago. Uh, Travis and I spent quite a bit of time on that, talking about how that was going to go. Travis worked on the user interface, making it look all BBS pretty. Thanks, Travis. That was a great job. And uh, I sort of worked on getting the games on there. And one of the games that we got on there was Candy Box. And I have progressed, and Travis noted today, rather slowly. Thanks, Travis. That's true. (laughs) Um, And I'm at the final developer fight. And uh, I'm kind of going to spoil Candy Box. Travis, should I spoil it? Should I spoil the ending for people? Should I not spoil it? Uh, I mean, it's uh, it's a bit of an old game. I think it's safe. Okay, cool. So at the end of Candy Box, you're fighting the developer, and there's a bunch of bugs swarming everywhere. And the only way to beat them is to hit a random key on the keyboard that they pick for that fight. Uh, and he's impossible. He's got, like, way too many hit points, and you start out, like, and you're already down. So... I sort of looked it up. It's a little cheap. I haven't actually beat it yet, but uh, I'm going to because I like punishment. And I really want to get the game done, but <laughs> it's a fun game, but the ending's not so much fun. Uh, Travis, you beat Candy Box way before me. What, what are your thoughts sort of about the, about the end or, uh, of Candy Box? Yeah, I was going to mention this in mine, but I'll go ahead and talk about it now. Um, it's, it's a great game. It really is. But once you get to a certain point... T- You've got a couple boss fights in a row, and then it just kind of starts feeling gimmicky and kind of like the game is punishing you. Like, you don't really know what you're supposed to do, and there's not really an easy way to figure it out. But um, I did play Candy Box 2, and they've improved on basically everything with this sequel, um, including the end game is way better. But yeah, that that developer fight in the first one is so cheesy. I ended up um, finding the code that you can throw into your uh, inspector console to get the key you're supposed to hit. You have to do it really fast because you have to do it while you're in the fight. But that's how I ended up beating it, because after 10 times of just smashing the keyboard and getting nowhere, I was like, screw this. I'm looking it up. But yeah, yeah, it's it's really good. Yeah, it's a great game. The ending, maybe not so much. And I and I because, you know, I I got all the way to developer fight again and I was going to smash on the keyboard, but I didn't have 
um, an invincibility potion ready. So I immediately died. Right. So you have to like randomly sort of use your invincibility potions to stay alive long enough. And then if you have one, then you click on it so you can stay alive during the boss fight. And then you have to mash on your keyboard, which is like so many random elements have to. Anyways, it's cool. It's a fun game. I'm, I think I'll beat it soon, hopefully. Um, the other one is, I think I mentioned this before, but for my birthday, I got Majora's Mask on the 3DS, and I've been playing through that. The first uh, dungeon where you're a Deku scrub, uh, the game's so much fun. Uh, I, you know, it's funny because I never played it on the Nintendo 64, so it's sort of on my list of shame, and it's really great coming back and playing it on the 3DS. The graphics great, sounds great, and it's a really fun game, but... It's so much harder than Ocarina of Time. Like the first dungeon, for instance, in the first in Ocarina of Time, the first dungeon um, at the Deku Tree is pretty easy, actually. And uh, the first dungeon in Majora's Mask with uh, the Deku Scrub area is not so much, actually. It's very a lot of puzzles. Uh, it's not really straightforward. So I can't imagine how much harder the rest of the game is going to be, which is good. It's it's fun. It's not been too punishing so far, but I really like it. I like that it's more challenging. So yeah, it's really cool. Um, so Hearthstone, uh, the latest expansion, Boomsday, came out. And uh, I um, ground up about uh, up to open about 35 packs. And my friend was at my house recently. And so we opened all 35 packs. And that was a little underwhelming, I'll be honest with you. I didn't really get tied into any of the cards that I saw. Nothing looked really that interesting. And then I just stopped playing. I didn't even make a deck or anything, but it was fun opening those packs with my friend. But I don't know, just kind of didn't interest me. But I've got enough cards to play if I ever decide to get back into the game. So a little bit about what I've been watching. Uh, recently, I've wanted to go back and rewatch Grindhouse, which in 2007, uh, Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino did a double feature in theaters called Planet Terror and Death Proof. Um, And that was a really cool movie theater experience that I saw back in the day. I saw it all. It contains fake movie trailers and it's sort of, you know, sort of uh, themed after those old double features of the past, uh, which is really cool. So um your PC update is ready. Your PC needs to restart to complete the update. Save your work and leave your PC <laughs> plugged in. Restart. Okay, I got to click restart later. Okay, thanks, Nintendo. Microsoft. Nintendo. <laughs> I was going to say Nintendo. I'm like, what is the... Why are you doing... Why are you doing this? Okay, so I watched it again because I got it on Blu-ray, both movies together, including all the trailers and everything, and I had to set aside time, about five hours, to watch both movies and all the trailers and everything. And it was really fun. But, you know, I don't really have five hours at a time. It was definitely when my kid went to sleep. That was really fun. I really wanted to watch both of those again. Have you guys seen Planet Terror or Death Proof? And did you see Grindhouse back in the theater? Mm-hmm. I did not. No. And I haven't seen him since it's on a or since it was released on DVD. You haven't seen him at all. Oh, you've got to watch them. Uh-uh. They're so good. Yeah. Planet Terror is great. Death Proof is Death Proof is a great. I mean, they're they're both great together. I, I totally recommend it. And those trailers so, were like exquisite. Some of those trailers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were like uh, Machete was a trailer that got two movies. Mm-hmm. Hobo with a shotgun got a movie. Um, yeah, it's really neat how the, how those turned out. So um, on Netflix, I watched Hannah Gatsby's Nanette. Uh, it's a I would I'm an air quote comedy. It starts out kind of like a comedy and sort of gets very meta. 
I really like what Hannah did in this special because it's sort of looking at comedy as a whole, why we laugh and what you should laugh at and truth in comedy and also about telling stories um, and then about the tension in joke telling. Uh, I don't really want to say much more about it, but I really recommend people watch it. It's uh, it's one of those comedy specials that I think elevates comedy and is a really interesting way to approach it. I definitely recommend watching it maybe with your significant other and having a discussion about it because I think there's a lot there to talk about. I don't really want to say much more than that because uh, I think it's better experienced, but I really liked it. So, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this too if you've already seen it, but Matt Groening, his latest cartoon is up mm-hmm. on Netflix called Disenchantment. Have you guys seen this? The first two I, episodes. Uh, I started to watch it and I'm technically two episodes in. But um, I fell asleep both times I tried to watch it. And that's not a review of the show. It's just that I've been really tired lately. <laughs> and so You have three kids, I, man. Totally. Yeah. So just <laughs> totally good. Like I, I sit down, I start to watch it. And then I look up and it's like, I don't know what's going on because I had nodded off for a few minutes. It's like, I'll just watch this later. <laughs> yeah, I would love to review all the season with you both for an episode coming up. Would you guys be interested in that? Yeah, I'm down. Probably. Yeah. I'm about, uh, I think we got about four episodes in it's like if I I'll keep the review short, but if you're looking for something that's as good as Futurama, you're not going to find it, but it's got its charms and it's pretty funny at times. Great. So I'll save my thoughts for that, but um, I will say this and I'll probably talk about it again in the thing. A lot of people seem to be disappointed by this show. Um, I understand everyone's critique of the show, Um, but, uh, I don't quite share it all actually, but, uh, we'll talk about it probably, uh, next month we'll, we'll be reviewing that, but I think that'll be really fun because it's, uh, it's not a very long season. I'm about six episodes, seven episodes in and, uh, really enjoying what I'm seeing. So, uh, we watched another movie on Netflix. Uh, Netflix has been getting a lot of rom-coms lately, and this one's called Like Father. It was written by Seth Rogen's wife and directed by her and Seth Rogen's in it for a little while anyway. Um, yeah, it's a fine rom-com. It's not super amazing. It's not super terrible. We were scratching our heads a few times. If you want to watch something with your significant other that likes that kind of thing and you have Netflix, why not? It's part of the subscription, just like Disenchantment, you know? Um, uh, I've watched Infinity War. I picked up the Blu-ray. We're going to talk about that and re-review it for a part two episode later. And then also to celebrate Mission Impossible, Coming out again, uh, Mission Impossible. Uh, what is it? Fallout. Mm-hmm. I uh, rewatched Mission Impossible Three, Ghost Protocol, and Rogue Nation, and both all three of those are really good. At some point, I'd like to review maybe all of the movies with y'all, but I know Travis hasn't seen them, so I'll have to wait until that happens. But uh, I just sort of did that to prep for um watching mission impossible fallout which i haven't yet and those movies are great that was really fun to watch them again so i'm also going to extend this a little bit can i blast through it quickly but i've been listening and reading two things firstly i've been reading the super nintendo omnibus this is a you can check out my review on cheerful ghost um but to sum it up the super nintendo omnibus which is volume one, A through M, is great. And if you like that kind of thing, you love huge, lush coffee table books, it's pretty much an insta-buy. A lot of these kinds of big books that sort of review every Super Nintendo game have been coming out recently, and this one's really special. Um, And I got a review copy, so I was able to experience it, and it's great. So um, the other one um, that I've been listening to is Interpol's Marauder, 
which is the latest album by uh, the New York band. And sort of it builds off El Pintor, which is their last album they did before this one and kicks it up a whole bunch. So I would say like El Pintor was their album where you're hearing some of the best guitar work I've ever heard from Interpol. Um, And that's what I think made that album incredible. And for Marauder, it's basically like they just punched every song because they just all drive, you know, because, you know, if you sort of an Interpol fan, they have albums that are a little less um, energetic and more sort of thoughtful, I suppose. This one is really, really punchy and I like it a lot. So if you've got any ability to listen to Interpol's Marauder, um, I recommend it. And so, like, I'm a dinosaur, so I bought the latest Alice in Chains CD, which I haven't listened to yet. I've only been listening to Interpol's album because it's so awesome. And um, I took a picture of the Interpol CD because I bought it, again, dinosaur, and I put it on top of my son's tricycle, right? And I took a picture of it because I was listening to the album while I was hanging out with my son that morning. And I took a picture and I tweeted it out. Hey, I'm listening to Interpol's at Interpol. So I hit the band up Marauder with my son or with Finley this morning. And they liked that tweet. So and then their fans, uh, their fan group liked the tweet. And then a bunch of their fans saw that and liked it, too. So you're famous. That was pretty cool. I am. I am. I'm like Interpol liked my tweet. That's cool. So, yeah, it's cool. My son liked it, too. Um, he liked dancing to it. So that's what I've been playing and watching. All right. What about you, Travis? Well, I have been watching a ton. Um, still kind of going through a bunch of movies that we wanted to buy and hadn't gotten around to, but we got a new 4K TV and had a reason to buy a bunch of movies. So um, just to hit a few highlights, uh, we bought A Quiet Place. when We'd seen that in the theater and it was fantastic. Uh, talked a bit about the theater experience in a recent episode that wasn't so great, but um much better at home when you don't have people crinkling wrapping paper right in front of you uh fantastic horror movie um and the 4k doesn't add a ton to it really i mean you can't really see like more vibrant colors because it's kind of a subdued movie but it's fantastic movie you should definitely check it out if you're a fan of horror at all um and we watched a couple of sequels to things that i talked about before the second kingsman the first one is so much better, but I think that the second one gets a little bit of an of unfair criticism. I mean, it's still a solid kind of cheesy spy movie. It knows what it's about, and it just goes for it. And yeah, I would say it's also really campy. It dials the camp up considerably. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, the first yeah. movie has a silly premise, and this one is ridiculous. I can't even wait <laughs> for the third one. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they're going to do... Uh, apparently at least in there have plans to do a Kingsman sequel and a Statesman sequel. So kind of follow them separately. Maybe they'll have the, the Kingsman cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. You know, I, I remember watching Kingsman too and I'm like, Oh cool. Channing Tatum's in this. Nope. Yeah. He's in this one for like a minute and then they get some other non Channing Tatum guy to be in the movie. Who's pretty much just like his character. And then they bring him back at the end, which is really yeah. weird. It's like they like got him for like two days of shooting or something. It was pretty cool though. <laughs> it was still a cool movie, but oh, that yeah. was like, wow. Okay. I saw the seams on that one a little bit. <laughs> and speaking of Channing Tatum, we uh, finally got around to watching 22 jump street and those movies, seriously, 21 jump street, 22 jump street. They have no right to be as good as they are based on the premise. Like how bad, bad could they have been but wow 
hilarious movies. They both kind of start slow, but really pick up. And just how self-aware and fourth wall breaking they are through the whole thing is great. Uh, highly recommend those. Uh, we also finally rewatched Guardians of the Galaxy 2. We thought that we had all of the Marvel movies and realized we were missing that one. We hadn't seen it since the theater. And really liked that. The first time through, I didn't think it was as good as the first one. Second time through, I think it probably was. Uh, I can't really... Question pick... for both of you guys. Okay, go ahead. Which one's better, Guardians or Guardians 2? And just so everyone knows, we're actually going to give you our MCU lists in our Infinity War 2 review, but I want to see what you guys think about Guardians versus Guardians 2. Travis? I have my list here sitting in front of me, and Guardians 1 and 2 are on the same line because I could not pick. I, If you'd asked me like a few weeks ago, I would have said Guardians 1 easily, but not so much anymore. Tim? I will say the first one but only just barely. For me, Guardians 2 is better because it has it. It finally knows what it is, and it doubles down on all the things that made the first movie good in a much better way. I think Kurt Russell's character is more interesting. So I just think right there you've got Ronan in the original was kind of a boring Marvel bad guy sort of and kurt russell is way more interesting plus it's funny because guardians 2 seems like a smaller movie but i don't know it's just so much better executed you've got sylvester stallone showing up i don't know oh, it's all great. the cameos I, like michelle Yeoh, just in there for like 15 seconds <laughs> yeah it's great yeah so um clearly they're going to be doing more with the marvel you know galaxy stuff but yeah anyways sorry travis back at it yeah yeah and i'm kind of bummed that to find out that Guardians 3 has been put on hold until they figure out what they're doing with everything. I'm not sure if a couple of them might not be coming back because of the whole James Gunn thing. I don't want to get into yeah. that, but I know yeah, it's, it's really sad. Kind of disappointing. Rest in peace, James Gunn. <laughs> but uh, in terms of the TV side of things, we finally got around to watching uh, the HBO miniseries, Big Little Lies. And wow it deserved all the emmys that it won that is an amazing story and it's interesting the way they tell you because it's a murder mystery and it starts off telling like showing you some present day police interviews of people police asking people for their accounts of what happened and then it flips back to like when the whole story started so you're always kind of trying to figure out who is the killer, but also who has even been murdered because you don't find out until the last episode who even dies. And I've never really seen a murder mystery like that. It's kind of interesting and they really nailed it. I love that show. And the same director has, um, is now directing, uh, what's it called? Sharp objects on HBO. I may have mentioned that before in a previous episode, but the finale of that is tonight. I will miss it. It's on right now while we're recording this. So you're welcome guys. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> thank you, Travis. That, that is a very good we show. Appreciate your time <laughs> and your, and your sacrifice. Yes. Yes. Thank you. But yeah, that's a, 
it's a really intense and kind of hard to watch show just because of the the depth of how disturbed some of these people are but really good show really good and on a much lighter note we finally went back and watched all of mr bean we just finished up mr bean today <laughs> you don't hear that a lot you don't and we mainlined uh-huh. mr bean <laughs> it's uh you know we'd seen like one or two episodes here and there but we decided you know what let's watch all of it and man rowan atkinson is a genius those those are you know they're not highbrow humor by any means, but wow, man, he can he can uh, do slapstick really well. If you can even yeah, call it slapstick, can. I don't even know what you'd call it. But yeah, hilarious. I say it's physical comedy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's more like miming and yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, very similar to what Charlie Chaplin did and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. As for playing, um, I was going to mention Candy Box One and Two, which fantastic games again. Um, I play them on cheerful ghost BBS kids. Yes. I uh, posted a couple of re- reviews recently about two racing games, uh, burnout paradise remastered, which is a really good update to burnout paradise. And, uh, Tim and I got some keys for Lightfield hyper edition and what a bonkers game that is. You never really know which way is up, but you want to keep playing and beating your last score. Um, and on top of that, I've been playing a ton of Graveyard Keeper. We got a key from that from Tiny Bill. Oh, for, curious how that was, how that's going. I'm going to be posting a review of that probably in the next couple of days if I can stop playing it long enough to post a review because it hits like just the perfect gameplay loop to keep you addicted to it. It's like... um if stardew valley were a little bit evil i guess and it's it's a lot of fun definitely recommend checking yeah, it, it out. looked really cool i was checking it out on steam and added it to my uh, wish list yeah it's, yeah i really want to thank tiny build games for basically giving us keys for everything yeah, they release absolutely um they're a really cool publisher and they've really been nice to us they've given us punch club on the 3ds and the switch and pc and all their other games they're very very cool very cool developer uh, publisher very much so and i guess to round it out i'm still playing no man's sky that last update has been keeping me busy i don't play it as much now as i had been but i'm still coming back to it to kick off a few missions here and there and try to get my stats up but yeah i really applaud hello games for kind of reinventing that over the years we're two years in and still getting these massive updates and that's about it would you buy No Man's Sky if it came out on the Switch? Uh, probably not. It's not really a game that I would want to play on the Switch. But I also don't really think that it would, like, the Switch would be able to handle it very well because it doesn't look like it should pull a lot of hardware resources, but it's not very well optimized and it kind of does. So. I'm not sure it would run very well, but if they got it working really well, I'm sure a lot of people would be happy with it, but I probably wouldn't care to play it on that. It's more of a like hunker down and put a lot of hours into it kind of game. So I'd stick with PC. I wonder if I think it's one of those games that seems like at some point it probably would, you know, you get a third party developer, Mm -hmm. pare it down a bit, release it on the system when it's, you know, quote unquote complete. Right. All right. So what I've been playing is, uh, Mostly a lot of Stardew Valley. Uh, the multiplayer update hit. 
And so I started playing a, a brand new farm with a couple of guys. Uh, I've also been playing it with my kids here and there when we have the chance. And um, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm a big fan of like co-op. And this is just a really chill, like, you know, multiplayer experience. There's no, you know, competition or anything like that. You guys just collaboratively build a farm. Um, you know, uh, there's not many games that I can play with my kids and like difficulty isn't a factor. Uh, so this it's, it's been really fun. Uh, I've also been taking part in two different tabletop role-playing groups. Uh, I joined a D&D group, which I think I mentioned a previous episode. And then uh, the group meets kind of like uh, twice or sometimes three times a month. And in the off weeks, me and a couple of other guys decided that we were going to start up a second group um, using a different gaming system. So we got D&D for like kind of the main group. And then we started a game uh, using a system called uh, Mutants and Masterminds. And it's basically like a tabletop RPG, but it's all superheroes. Um, so like if you wanted to recreate, you know, something in the vein of like X-Men or the Marvel or DC movies or comics, you know, something like that, this is a good system for you. Uh, having a lot of fun with both. Um, I never really did a lot of like tabletop RPG kind of things in uh, school or high school. So Evil! coming into this... <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I'm sure there's a chick track about that one. Um, we read them all, my friend. We, we read did, them yeah. all. <laughs> we were we were forced to more like it. I totally uh, wanted to play D and D, but I just couldn't. Mm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Especially now that I actually know what it was, or now that it, you know, I know what it is. It's not a you know demon summoning simulator. Well, that's yet. what the devil wants you to think, Tim. <laughs> that I'll admit to that, you know, <laughs> the biggest trick the devil played was convincing the world. He didn't exist. And then play D and D. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm kind of playing catch up for the, the teen years where I wasn't really allowed to do this kind of thing. And it's been really great. And the, the group I, I play with is pretty awesome. Uh, let's see here. So Lightfield hyper edition, we, uh, me and Travis got review copies of that, and I've sunk, I think, about an hour and a half, maybe more of that. Uh, also been playing a lot of Kirby, which, you know, because we're doing our review here. Let's see, so that's about it for what I've been playing. As for what I've been watching, um, me and my wife, we haven't really started up anything new. We kind of just got an itch to go through some of the comedies that we've watched before but haven't watched for a while. So we, we've we uh, been going through Parks and Recs. Um, yes. Yeah, and, you know, that's that's such a great show. If you haven't seen it, it's it's incredible. And then we also, just last night, decided that we're going to rewatch uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine because we've only ever gone through it once. We haven't, you know, done any repeat episodes or anything like that. So we thought it'd be really great to start from the beginning and go back through that. Um. So yeah, and that's about it for what I've been playing and what I've been watching.
Hello, friend. This is everyone's favorite John Dotson from Cheerful Ghost Radio, and thanks for listening to the show. If you're like me, then you listen to this show and have a job, but also have a few coins at the end of the month not budgeted for anything. Well, friend, we have the solution to your problems as you can donate some of that hard-earned money to us to help fund the good work of continuing Cheerful Ghost Radio. It's easy to support us by heading over to Cheerful Ghost and click the heart at the top of the page and follow that to our Patreon page, which is a site for funding the things that you love. If you fund us at a member level, you get awesome benefits on Cheerful Ghost, so head over, find what funding level works for you, and support Cheerful Ghost today. Remember, it's good to support the things you love, and we love you, so make sure it's a mutual kind of love. So head over to Cheerful Ghost, click the heart at the top of the page, and support us today. Alright, so into our uh, main topic here. According to Wikipedia, Kirby's Adventure is a 1993 platform game developed by HAL Laboratory, also of Earthbound fame, and published by Nintendo for the Nintendo Entertainment System. It is the second game in the Kirby series after Kirby's Dream Land on the Game Boy, and the first to include the copy ability, which allows the main character Kirby to gain new powers by eating certain enemies. The game centers around Kirby traveling across Dreamland to repair the Star Rod after King DDD breaks it apart and gives the pieces to his minions. Alright, so let's get into our thoughts on the game. Travis, what did you think? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, It's a little easy. Uh, I think that the Game Boy version was probably easier. I hadn't had a lot of experience with the Kirby series until playing Kirby's Adventure for the review, except for the Game Boy version. And I thought the Game Boy version was way easier. I played that when I was a kid and loved it. Um, But then trying to play it again as an adult, I'm just thinking, yeah, this is way too easy. I'm not really, it's not really holding my interest. I feel like Kirby's Adventure is, it still keeps that simplicity in terms of like how easy it is to play throughout the levels, but then sometimes the boss fights will th- throw you a bit. I feel like they amped up the difficulty a little bit. So it's still accessible to a younger generation, but holds my attention a little bit better. I think that that's the little bit I've played of the Kirby games on the SNES. They refine the formula way more. I think they're way better on the SNES, but in terms of the NES classic reviews that we've done, I really think that Kirby's adventure has the most polish of any of them. Like it just works and everything is really seamless. You occasionally get a few frame rate slowdowns when there's a ton of enemies on screen, but it was really well done, just full of polish and yeah, overall full of charm. If you want something to kick back with and not stress over a lot, I definitely recommend you check it out. All right, John, what did uh, what did you think? So I was all the way up to world five in a play session and unfortunately moved my Nintendo classic and the game turned off. Okay, just power lost. Um, I was like, okay, no big deal. The game saves itself. Right. Right. (laughs) And I lost all my progress and had to go back to world two. So, yeah, that sucked. And I didn't get much Uh, further than world five, which I think there are seven Mm -hmm. stages in the game, which I wasn't very far away from beating it. So I plan on coming back and completing the game because like Travis says, this game ain't hard. 
But it was a real bummer. And uh, so just all that aside, that was a huge bummer. So uh, save your games, kids. Uh, Well, okay. so on the Nintendo Classic, apparently, if you hit the power button, that will save the game Mm -hmm. because the Nintendo because the original Kirby's game had a save chip in it. Um, and the Nintendo has the same. You either uh, go, you hit the reset button to go back to the main menu and that'll save it. Or you hit the power button and that'll save it. But if you just lose power to the console, it will not save it, apparently. So either use a save state or just use the regular console as you would normally. Don't yank the power out of the pack, which no one should do. And I didn't want to do it on purpose. I just kind of stretched the cable a little bit too far. And I don't know, I guess that's my fault, I suppose. Anyways... So Kirby's Adventure, it came out in like 93, which is two years after the Super Nintendo dropped. So Kirby's Adventure is actually a late stage Nintendo game, and it totally shows. Travis mentions all the polish for the game. Mm -hmm. And so far, this is the most polished Nintendo game we've played. Totally agree. The mechanics are incredible. The gameplay is incredible. The game's beautiful. It's creative. It does like... This stuff where Kirby's um, walking and moving like a tower around in a circle and it looks so good. Like the effects are spectacular. It's using the right Nintendo chips to make that happen. So, um, yeah, Kirby's Adventure is a really satisfying platformer. Um, it like Travis said, it's not hard, but, you know, it, you're right. It is hard in the Game Boy game. And I think one of the um, things about Kirby's Adventure that improves off the Game Boy game is it's longer. You know, the mm-hmm. Game Boy game is really short, like under 30 minutes to beat it and you you can do it with like zero lives lost you know this one's a little harder but you don't die very much but it's still fun you know so yeah um so i think the game is a pretty good length and the strategies in it are pretty varied no stage really feels hugely long and i sort of like that about it but i do have some negatives if you guys don't mind me getting into those yeah let's go for it cool The game puts too many enemies on the screen at once, which Travis talked about, which causes the game to slow down. So if you watch the Games Done Quick 2018 speedrun of Kirby's Adventure, they talk about that and they have mitigation strategies for basically killing enemies on the screen as fast as possible to get the slowdowns to like mitigate it. Now, the developers were being really ambitious with the NES hardware. I don't know if they needed to put more chips in the game or they needed to like optimize it better. I think it was probably like, hey, you know, this could run fast if we had another chip on here, but we can't, we don't want the game to be printed with that because it's a little extra expensive or something. And I think that's the only, that's the biggest negative of the game is the slowdowns. It happens quite often and it's unfortunate. Um, so like you mentioned, Travis, I think the boss fights do feel a little samey. They do Mm -hmm. keep they do layer in certain elements. Every boss is about the same, but then they sort of change it slightly like um, this boss will run at you and then you suck in the stars and then you hit them. You know what I mean? And then some like start floating and then it's this kind of like progression. You know what I mean? Uh, Which is kind of cool. I didn't think they were like you mentioned, terribly challenging. You can sort of figure it out, you know, the first time and kill them. Mm. And one I don't even know if this is a negative, but Kirby is really overpowered, especially when you get some of the power ups. Like, I, I do love the absorbability, the copy. Yeah, ability. It's so fun. It's amazing. Yeah. But then, like, if you get the laser ability or whatever and oh. you're just dominating everything like you can't or lose. the spaceship, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. And, and Kirby 
Even without those abilities, Kirby's still overpowered. He can fly infinitely. He can suck in every bad guy. He can shoot air. So he can, like, hit people with nothing, essentially. And he's really dexter. Like, he starts out like Samus at the end of a Metroid game. You know, he's, like, the most powerful. (laughs) He's so powerful. Um, And that's not bad. He's just really OP. So, yeah, I mean, Nintendo just... You know, he just they just give you the most powerful guy you're going to get. Yeah, I don't really <laughs> think that's a negative because I, it's targeted at a it's, they're trying to make it an easier game. So I don't think it's for that sure. much of a negative. No, no, no. But I definitely. Well, OK, I, I agree. But I'm just saying like Kirby's really powerful. Oh, yeah. And I don't think that makes it a bad game, uh, but it's something I thought about. And that's that's kind of what I think about. It. I think Kirby's Adventure is a really solid game. Yeah, you mentioned the slowdowns, which um, I had a little bit of problems with, especially if you're trying to do like a uh, a jump or something, you know, right when the slowdown hits. Mm, uh, yeah. Seems like, um, and this could be a, a side effect of me using a wireless remote, but uh, when there's a slowdown, it seemed like uh, it wouldn't register. Um, no, it happens wired sometimes. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it drops, so it drops some inputs when it slows down, no question. Yeah, and so it's like there's a couple times where I died because I pushed up to start floating, but it didn't register. And so then it, you know, Kirby fell in a pit or something. Um, It is pretty easy. I would say it is, uh, as far as difficulty goes, it's a big step up from the Game Boy game, though. That that game was ridiculously easy. Um, If you don't beat Kirby's... Kirby and Dreamland on the Game Boy, your first try. I don't know what's wrong with you. It's so easy. It's, um, yeah, it's, uh, if you can't beat the original Kirby Game Boy, then maybe gaming's just not really your thing. <laughs> At least not that kind of a game, you know. Um, Go back to Candy Crush. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, I, I actually genuinely get killed by some of the bosses in this one on occasion at least until i figure out the pattern you know and then once you get the pattern then it's pretty easy to predict what the enemies are going to do um but uh the level design is really good you know there's multiple paths in a couple different levels which is pretty good um you guys mentioned that the graphics look really great and you know it's it's kind of easy to forget that this is the same system that had like ice climbers and kid icarus on it because the controls are so much tighter so much better the graphics are so much better the music is great (laughs) i feel bad because ice climbers is like the whipping game of are the games that we review and i liked it you know what i mean but we're like it's not ice climbers at least Uh, yeah kirby is no ice climbers thank god (laughs) um but yeah, they, they were really pushing the hardware to the limits at that point. Um, and it really shows, but they, they made a really great product. Tim, am I wrong in thinking that you had Kirby's Adventure on the original Nintendo? Uh, you would be incorrect, actually. Um, I definitely rented it uh, at the time, but I never actually owned it. I did own yeah, maybe, the, the two maybe. Game Boy games, though. Right, maybe I played it at your house when you rented it because I remember playing this game with you. It's very sure. possible. We probably rented it during like a sleepover or something yeah, like that, you know? Right, right. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the legacy 
of Kirby's Adventure here. Uh, if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and kick this one off. So, um, obviously there's been several Kirby games, including one that was released for the Switch, uh, right around the Switch launch. Um, there was some for the Wii and Wii U, several for the Game Boy, a couple on uh, the Super Nintendo there. But um, I think uh, one of Kirby's big, you know, kind of legacy moments here is his inclusion into Smash Brothers, where he's been a staple since the very first game. He's many people's favorite characters. You guys mentioned that he felt OP in uh, this game. They kind of had to nerf him in Smash <laughs> Brothers, and he's still like one of the best characters, you know. <laughs> um, he just can't fly infinitely now. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty much how Thank they had to do it. Yeah. He would own everything then. Probably. Yeah, but he, he is routinely one of my favorite characters. I play him frequently. He also seems I like... Remember, a- I remember when you guys would destroy me on Smash 64, and Kirby was one of those characters I hated. Because <laughs> he's so damn good. Uh, he's also a great <laughs> yeah. character for new players because he, you know, is pretty easy to pick up. He's got multiple jumps. He can absorb other people's powers, you know, and he's he's a lot of fun. He's pretty easy to pick up. Um, so, John, let's hear your thoughts on the legacy. Yeah, I mean, Kirby's one of those Nintendo properties that it's never going to die. You mentioned that he got a Switch game in Kirby Star Allies this year, and Nintendo's just going to keep doing plat- Kirby platforming games and that kind of thing. Now, I haven't played a modern Kirby game. I don't know. Did any of you play Star Allies or Epic Yarn on the Wii or anything like that? I didn't play Epic Yarn, but I actually tried out uh, the Kirby Allies had a target last week. Uh, they had a display set up for it. And so me and my son, Micah, we sat over there and we played and he was Kirby. And then once I he picked up like a companion, I jumped in and started controlling that. We didn't play for too long, but it was enough to get kind of the general idea of how the game plays. And it's uh, really cool. I may actually look into that for the Switch. Yeah, I played the demo of it, and it's kind of impressive how similar the game still feels. Like They have this formula for Kirby, and it still works. Like They keep adding things to it, obviously. You can pick up allies to help you out in this one, but it's still essentially a side-scrolling platformer where you can absorb abilities and it still works really well. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because there was, when we played, there was a, it kind of just dropped you into a level. And so there wasn't really any like tutorial or anything. And yet you just kind of know how to play because you've played a Kirby game before. And it just like all the controls made sense. <laughs> yeah. Tim, I have a question. So, well, I'll start with a little bit of, and I'll ask the question, but I would say Kirby, like with, Nintendo properties, you've got Mario and you've got Link and you've got Zelda and everyone sort of knows who that is. Even even little kids uh, know who Mario is. Right. So I'm curious, do you like as to the legacy of Kirby is Kirby top tier Nintendo? Do your kids know who Kirby is? Because your kids are older than mine. My son's two and he doesn't know who Kirby is yet. But like, do your kids have some understanding of Kirby? They do. In fact, when they first started showing an interest in playing games, um, I put an emulator on my switch or I'm sorry, not my switch, my, uh, my Wii and installed Kirby. <laughs> and so that was one of the very first the games. Game Boy one. Yeah. Or the Kirby's original Adventure. Game Boy. Right. Kirby. Oh, I could see them really enjoying that. That's yeah, not a really, so it was yeah. like one of the very yeah. first games that I introduced them to once, you know, that they could play on their own. Um, 
And so, yeah, so they, they're very familiar with Kirby. It's a, it's a great like introduction game for very young players. Yeah. I don't think Nintendo's going to stop the Kirby train. No, not anytime soon. (laughs) No. All right, guys, it has come to that time. It is time for us to rate Kirby's Adventure on the ghost scale. John, how do you rate it? I'm going to give it a must play. It's a a really important step in the Kirby series. It's a fantastic game. I would only mark it down for difficulty if that matters to you. And to be honest, I'm not sure that it does matter to me. Well, I'm going to walk that back a little bit. It's noticeable, but it's not painful, and the game doesn't feel like it's insulting you. It's just a fun time. If you want to sit down and just make your way um, on a fun adventure with Kirby that's not going to tax you too much, you're going to be able to beat this game, then play it. It's great. If you're looking for something a little bit more challenging, I recommend anything Donkey Kong Country, right? Uh, (laughs) Or... Super Mario Brothers, right? Because you've got you've got you've got different Nintendo platformers for different things, right? You've got Kirby for like, I like platforming. I just want to have fun. And then you've got new Super Mario Brothers for like, I like platforming. I want to have fun. I want to have something more difficult. And you got Donkey Kong Country for like, I like platforming and I like getting my balls kicked into my teeth. So, you know, that's I think the difference there. But I would say Kirby's Adventure it's a must play. And if you've got a super, I mean, I say this with every game that we review that's on the Nintendo classic, but just play it. It's already there. (laughs) All right, Travis, how about you? Yeah, John, you basically took the words out of my mouth. I give it a must play just because of the polish and the fun. It's not a hard game. You're not going to be very challenged by it, but they, made a game that is fun despite the lack of a challenge, which is impressive to do. And it is an important game historically. It's not the first game in the Kirby series, but it's the first game that introduced the copy ability and brought it into a console game. And it's fantastic. And I can't really add much more than what you already said, John. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, I'm giving it a solid must-play. It's um, easily one of the better NES games that's on the NES Classic, not to mention just one of the, the better NES games in general. Um, it's never going to like take the top spot over games like you know the Mario Brothers or the Zeldas or Metroid or any of those, but it is, it's a lot of fun. The controls are great. The music's good. The graphics are amazing given the, the hardware that it was running on. Um, there's really no reason not to give it a shot, especially if you have the Nintendo Classic. It's already on there, and you know th- there's no excuse not to at least give it a shot. Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show and thanks for listening. <laughs>